world of students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted He said so I T-Rex But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Dinosaur Hello and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and Sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. And my favourite movie today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All six of them? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've seen all of them. Well, apart from the new one. You've seen the fifth one? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I talked about it the other day. I haven't seen it. I don't know. Yeah, the one with Jeff Goldblum yeah. coming back, but he doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been on the internet. Oh, yeah, no, I watched that in theaters. Fair enough. I mean... Because I love Jurassic Park. We're talking about Jurassic Park, and I fucking love Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, Mostly Jurassic Park, the first one, a little bit of the second one, a little bit more of the third one, and a <laughs> tiny, tiny bit of the entire new trilogy. I tolerate the new ones because of nostalgia. Are you, yeah... Um, but the first one is, in my opinion, a liter- cinematic masterpiece. A cinematic masterpiece. I was about to say literally a masterpiece. Yeah. I, I, it is everything that I could ever want a movie to be. It is action. It's adventure. It's got drama and suspense and like a tinge of horror, but also like the pacing is so good and the cinematography is good and it's a good like enjoyable movie at the same time. Like mm. it's a good popcorn movie while yeah. also still having like a lot of heart to it. You say horror, I feel like more thriller. Sure, a little bit more like thriller. It's, it, like, that's splitting hairs a bit, but I feel like that's kind of the vibe it gets more. Because you, yeah. you're never really horrified. No, I mean, but like, it's, there is... It's scary. It's scary. It's kind of a scary movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also, awe and wonder. And yes. Yeah. Da, and it, da, it, da, da, da. Uh, it plays the balance between those two things so well. Also, uh, it still looks good. It's so good. Oh, the practical effects... The t- Tyrannosaurus to... Rex is one of the best achievements in cinema. Uh, I could gush about this movie all day. Um, you should probably cut me off at some point, but I I attribute this movie to like why I was interested in like going into film. Mm-hmm. Like like I watched this movie a lot as a kid, and I should have been horrified by Jurassic Park as a kid, <laughs> but I absolutely adored it. Yeah. And the the specific scene in which is the impact tremor scene the, with the glass of water, with the cup of water yeah. and the vibrations. Yeah. And that scene. To this day, if I'm, like, focused on it enough and not, like, multitasking while watching this movie, to this day gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like, it is so well done. Okay, but consider, of equal merit and value and, like, cinematic impressiveness and what have you, consider the scene in Jurassic Park 3 where Alan is dreaming and the dinosaur (laughs) talks to him. I mean, here's the thing. I do unironically like Jurassic Park 3. (laughs) Sure. But... When I when I picture that scene in my brain, I can't I can't remember remember what the voice of the dinosaur is or anything. I can't remember that. So all I hear is the clip of that is it a meerkat? Alan 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 That's what I hear in my head when I picture that I can see it. I can see the dinosaur in the helicopter. And I just picture the the, the, the meerkat. Oh that's incredible. Alan Alan Alex, for those of us who don't know 30 seconds or less what's a Jurassic Park Jurassic Park is a movie by Steven Spielberg directed by um and based on a book by Michael Creighton I believe is how you pronounce that name got like 15 seconds left shit um, <laughs> it's about an, an island that a billionaire owns and he brings dinosaurs back to life with technology and then shit goes ape wire because he's playing god and yeah, he wants oops to, you can't do that he wants to that. open it as a theme park yes but he's testing it first yes and then everyone's like, yeah, this is a terrible idea. So three movies later, they do it anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, it is anti-capitalist at its core, <laughs> uh, which uh, delights me. And Miraculous Ladybug recently decided it was going to just do that also. Do what? Jurassic Park? Yeah. There's just one episode where like there's just dinosaurs in Paris and then uh, Bob Roth, the direct executive guy, is just like, hey, sell them to me and I'll open up a theme park. They weren't, like, magically made dinosaurs or anything. They weren't part of an Akuma. They were just there. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> Wait, who are you talking to? The world. 
I mean, they keep making. Here's the thing: they keep making these movies, and they keep being like popular. Yeah. Also, it's, but it's not because of the like, hey, you shouldn't play God for the sake of capitalism reasons. They're popular because of the dinosaurs, yeah. and we think that they're cool. Also, Jeff Goldblum, and we think that he's cool. Yes. But yeah, I mean, the the rights of Maracas have never learned anything in their lives. No. Doctor Alan Grant. Doctor Alan Grant is our first character. He's a paleontologist. Sure is. That means he knows what a dinosaur is. He digs up dinosaur bones. And he looks at them and he's like, "Huh? No feathers, huh? Really? You brought them back to life and they just don't even have a feather? <laughs> um, Must be all that frog." That that is one. Th- okay, the <laughs> one thing, the one thing that I liked about Jurassic Park 4 yeah. was that they addressed that. They, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they sort of retconned it, but they addressed it in a way that made sense within the world they had established. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That, like, this is why the dinosaurs don't look like how dinosaurs actually were. We were using not entirely dinosaur And DNA. you say retcon, it's more like just explaining things that were technically already there. Like, the whole, like, the frog DNA part was a yeah. major part of the plot of the first film. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how they justify it. It doesn't make any sense, but it didn't make any sense the first time either. No, so, yeah. um, and then and then that feeds into the plot of that movie with the Andromedus Rex, which is just a mishmash of a bunch of different genes and stuff to yeah. make a cool dinosaur rather than an accurate one. And Andr- you know. Andromeda. Andromedus. Indominus. In- is it? Yeah. Like in- <laughs> I've only seen that one once too. <laughs> yeah, but Chris Pratt rides a motorcycle with the raptors. That's what everybody wants. That is the part of the movie I'm least. I was I was so checked out of that whole plot. I don't know what the plot of that was. Wait, you mean it's not just a Chris Pratt action movie? It's like that's not what anyone was ever interested in, and like the original movie barely had humans doing action stuff like that. All I remember for that movie was the dinosaur stuff. But there were dinosaurs in that scene. And and that jackass CEO who's like, I can fly this helicopter, fucking <laughs> crashes into. <laughs> I mean, into the, the pterodactyls and then the tisses the pterodactyls for you and then the guy with the with the two giant drinks is like oh no my giant <laughs> pretty I much remember e- that part. pretty much every character in that movie is a jackass though <laughs> you're correct like compared to the original where there are numerous decent people yeah right we're talking about them alan, alan grant alan grant is a decent person yeah he's a very level-headed he's a scientist down to earth so far into the earth, honestly, that, you know, he's with the bones. Yeah. He's so excited when there's dinosaurs or Animaniacs. What, the announcement trailer for um, that, the anime, Animaniac reboot was a parody of the Jurassic, the oh, Jurassic right, Park. Oh, right, right. And he's just like, right. look at their crisp 2D lines. And, like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's good. That's a good joke. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what it is. Spielberg be like, huh. Popular things from the 90s, huh? If Spielberg ever turns out to just, like, be one of those Hollywood assholes, I'm going to be so heartbroken. I mean, probably, but I don't know. I know. He's Spielberg, though. He's a big name. If I were to make movies, those are the kind of movies I want to make. Yeah. Goals. Alan Grant is in this movie. He is in a relationship with Eddie Sattler, right? No. No? No. I swear he was in this movie and then they break up later. It's not a confirmed relationship. Huh. It, it is implied that there is something there, okay. but they are not actively in a relationship. Okay, I could have sworn they were, but meh. Um, because Ian talks to him a little bit and he's like, oh, like, what's her deal? Is she like in a relationship? Like, are you two together? And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, okay, cool. So like, I can hit on her. Um. He has this line about always looking for the next ex Mrs. Malcolm or whatever. It's, it's a super gross line. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a super gross dude. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If that were actually Jeff Goldblum, and like Jeff Goldblum today, and not mm. just then when he was less known and acting or whatever, yeah. but Jeff Goldblum today would just be hitting on everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from, um, from, from friggin... That's very much that. Alan Grant to John Hammond. Yeah. But that's not the character we're talking about yet. We're talking about Alan Grant. Um... He like a dinosaur. He like a dinosaur. He's he's an expert in his field. Yeah, and then he looks after children's for the movie. Yes, he he tries his best. He doesn't want to be put in charge of the children. He doesn't want to be involved with the children in any way. He's not a kids guy. The opening scene of the movie, well, not the opening scene, like his opening scene, whatever. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The first scene in which we interact with Doctor Alan Grant, um, he is tormenting a kid at a dig site. He's like. 
like terrifying him with like talking about like these dinosaurs and how all of the ways in which they would tear you to pieces and and ellie's like you're so bad with kids and he's like i don't like kids they're stinky and they're sticky and blah blah yeah but then his arc in the film is he does like the kids yeah they grow on him and he does end up becoming protective of them and and yeah Um, and then they have a cuddle with a brachiosaurus or something yeah um so yeah that that is his arc is uh begrudging father figure adopts uh, children. Yeah, because their parents aren't existent. Yeah, that classic trope. You know the one. Uh, <laughs> so what house is that? Uh, Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's an argument to make for Slytherin, I think. Mm, yeah. Because he's... I, it's not even necessarily ambitious, is it, though? He, like, he's, he's just genuinely loves understanding it and learning about it and yeah he loves when oh he... my gosh that's a dinosaur over there i'm gonna go and hug it you can there's like a tear on his cheek in that scene with the the scene where like they first pull up in the car yeah pretty sure there's a tear on his cheek i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure kazoo plays <laughs> um but yeah no he he just he loves his field and he loves digging up dinosaurs and studying them um and the only reason he goes to the park is because he wants to keep doing that and he's offered money to like continue his dig yeah and it's not it's not just his field either he'd love to dig anywhere his field his canyon his (laughs) garden i don't know I mean, he's a pretty—he feels like a pretty clear-cut Ravenclaw to me. Yeah, he's very much a Ravenclaw guy. Like, he doesn't have time for relationships, for family, for kids. Yeah, it's all about and like, the dinosaurs. Begrudgingly accepts that and whatever, but yeah, I mean, he, he's not like inhuman about no, it. Like, he's, no, no, no. He's perfectly pleasant to other people if they're not obviously evil. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely Ravenclaw. I like yeah. that. Who's next? Dr. Ellie Sadler, of course. Excellent. Uh, she is uh, a paleobotanist, mm-hmm. specifically. So she studies long-dead plants, uh, which is super fun. She has like this cool moment where there's like a triceratops that suspected to have eaten something that yeah. disagreed with it, and she's like going over the plants and trying to figure out like what in this diet would would have done this, and like she like knows her stuff. Yeah, and turns that's out, and, great. Like, the problem is just the fact that like none of the plants are from the right era, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I think like in the book she gets even more angry about than she does in the film. Like she's <laughs> absolutely furious. Yeah, I don't even think I'm not even sure that the triceratops scene necessarily happens at least not the same way no, in the book. Yeah, but she's just genuinely strange. angry because like these plants shouldn't be here. That's wrong. Yeah, she has a line in the movie like they're they're discussing whether or not the park should go forward, and she's like, I don't think you like understand like what's going on here. You have plants in this building that are that are poisonous, but you've chosen them because they look nice, um, and like that that's. So, like, she is is very aware of, like, her surroundings. She is very, like, she, she knows her stuff as yeah. well. Maybe you should have brought these people in before you right? made the Consult dinosaurs. with them As part of the this. planning process. I mean, they probably would have just said, don't do it, but... Well, they might, if you could have convinced them to, to do it on the ground level and do it in a much more safer yeah. environment than, yeah. you know... I mean, he does have scientists and stuff. Hmm working on his team but yeah she also has an incredibly badass line which one man the oh god that cre- one god yeah, yeah, yeah. man something yeah, like that yeah so that's a shared line um yeah, it's yeah. ian malcolm being like god creates dinosaurs god destroys dinosaurs god creates man man creates dinosaurs dinosaur eats man and then she's like women inherit the earth <laughs> she said dinosaurs eat man women inherit the earth right yeah yeah but yeah fuck yeah also, she's Laura Dern, and Laura Dern is yeah! fucking incredible. I love her. She's like, good. She played um, Ellen DeGeneres' love interest in the episode of Ellen where Ellen came out. Nice. Like, which is like the first gay characters on TV, and it's like, yeah, excellent because she's been an out, like an outspoken ally since the nine, like always. Yeah, she's yeah. Ju- she's just very good. She was in The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> she was. <laughs> because th- and that was like one of her first major roles in Hollywood after Jurassic Park. Because she was, like, blacklisted 
because of the oh, Ellen DeGeneres stuff. Yeah. Because she was so outspoken. Yeah. Because she prioritized doing the right thing over her career because she's so fucking awesome. What a cool lady. This is a Laura Dern appreciation podcast. We love you. I also love Dr. Ellie Stantler. Um, it- unlike unlike <laughs> Dr. Grit, she does have like a soft side. She does oh, yeah. like she does appreciate the kids. She does mm. have more of that emotional and is is yeah. that because she's like the only female main character? Probably. Yeah. But in the third so in the third film she has a much smaller role than I like. Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant both get sequel movies where they're like getting to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. She is. She has a cameo, basically. Yeah, in a couple of scenes, Alan Grant goes to like a family, like dinner with her family, with her children, because she has those. Yeah. She's, she's married to someone else. The fact that, they, like, it's one thing to have. The fact that they're not a relationship and then she's just married to someone else is strong. So here's here's how I read that. There, there, there is like a mutual attraction there. Mm-hmm. They are both into each other, but Grant is too focused on his work yeah. and stuff, and so she moves on. Yeah, or just it just maybe even did a trial relationship, but it just didn't yeah. work out. Yeah, it that just happens. didn't work out. Yeah, and I think um, that's just it's, you know just a brave filmmaking choice, you know, yeah. to not have the two lead characters end up together. Yeah, and we know that they stay friends and they stay yeah. colleagues. Like I said, he yeah. like Alan Grant goes to her house for dinner when he's like trapped in the jungle and desperate need. She is the one he calls he for calls. help. Yeah, and she sends the what is it, the, <laughs> the coast guard? Yeah, or something. They're yeah, like, she sent the fucking coast guard. <laughs> they don't say fucking, but they never say fucking. Let Jurassic Park say fucking. <laughs> Let the dinosaurs say fuck. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you let the new Jurassic Park movie say fuck, you know who's going to say it. It's Chris P. Rat. You know what? Let Chris Pratt say fuck. <laughs> um, what house is Ellie Sattler? I... Because there's still an argument for Ravenclaw. There's but it's, absolutely an argument it's for It's less clear cut. I'm going to make an argument here, and you may be a little bit dismissive, but hear me out. Okay. Hufflepuff. Okay. I'm not going to be dismissive, but well, go on. Because at first glance, it might not seem right because of her scientific background, but her scientific background is in plants. Hey, badgers can like science. <laughs> badgers can like science. Plants or otherwise. Plants. Yeah. Um, and then like dedication as well as having that softer side. Mm-hmm. Um, Hardworking, patient. Yeah, loyal. very patient, yeah. very loyal. Yeah. And a lot of those qualities you could ascribe to Dr. Grant as well, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. don't shine through quite as strongly. I'm absolutely not going to be dismissive. I'm okay. just, like, I would just ask, like, is that, like, her most defining characteristics or is there something else that's, like, mm. stronger? Because, again, there's probably also an argument for Slytherin. I think a, there's a lot of the characters in these series you yeah. can have an argument for oh, Slytherin. Yeah. They're, all, yeah, yeah. they're all generally quite ambitious. Many of them are the top of their field, which is why they're involved at all. Yeah, there's a lot there's, A lot of these are going to lean Slytherin Ravenclaw. Yeah. Um, it's a yeah. I mean, it's a film about intelligent scientists yeah. who have worked to be the top of their field. That is inherently Ravenclaw yeah. Slytherin, which is stuff. why I meant like uh, that's sort of what I meant by dismissive. Like, yeah, you, you're probably going to lean away from Raven or for, lean away from Hufflepuff here because of that. But I I, I like Hufflepuff. Sure, I'm not going to like dismiss it. I'm just going to ask the question of like what else. I mean, I think for her as well, you could definitely also argue Gryffindor. Oh yeah, sure. she's also fucking badass and brave. And she oh she super is. Yeah. Um. Another point for Hufflepuff, she engineers things in a way that, like, the kids end up with Dr. Grant. Yes. Because she knows that that will be good for him. Mm. And she knows that, like, the kids will bring out, the like, a better side of him. And that the kids will get value out of it, and he will too. And she knows that this is a good setup, so she makes that happen. And that, that, the... That reads Hufflepuff to me. It that's a Hufflepuff. Okay, that's a Hufflepuff Slytherin overlap. Area. Yeah, like she's she's doing this for the betterment of people that she cares about in her life. Like, mm. like she people who are close to her in her immediate inner circle. Like but also Slytherin. these kids that she just met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's <laughs> like, I see something here that like because will the the kids are looking everyone. up to him as well. Yeah, like, like like this will be good for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to make this happen <laughs> for everyone's benefit. Mm. She. D- what, there's the, there's I know there's a scene where like John Hammond is like being gross and sexist and being like oh you're a frail little girl you can't do a thing and she's like fuck you and just goes and does a badass thing anyway yeah I can't remember what that is it involves a torch right there's a torch there's a really big torch doesn't she have to go and turn lights on or power or something oh yeah it's when she goes to the power station because Samuel Jackson died can I gush about this movie for a second of course you can um so the antagonist of this movie is a combination of three things. It is a combination of Nedry 
slash Dobson who are trying to steal the dinosaurs, and it's yeah. a kind of uh, a little bit of the dinosaurs themselves. And then the third major antagonist is the environment. Yeah, there's this giant storm rolling in. It's literally a perfect storm of like everything going wrong at once, and it's oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So just to be clear here. Laura Dern gets to be more badass in this movie than Samuel L. Jackson. She certainly does. <laughs> so, power goes out because of the storm and because of some of Nedry's fuckery. And Samuel Jackson goes off to fix it. Uh, but he never comes back. They can't get a hold of him. So they're like, well, we gotta send someone else after him because we need this power back on to call for help. Yeah. And so, like yeah. she sees his arm later. Yeah, so she gets there. She turns the power back on. That is another one of my absolute favorite scenes in this movie there there is this deadline tension through that whole scene because while she is like pressing every single button one at a time it's like cross cut with like grant and the kids climbing this electric fence and you know as soon as she turns that back on the fence is gonna come back on and you're like rooting for both of them because you need the power back on but also they need to get over the fence and it's just oh it's so good Although I did see a clip recently pointing out the kids could have easily fit through the holes in the fence. That's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) But they could have. They could have, but it's not the point. (laughs) Because the fence is designed to hold in dinosaurs, which were a bit bigger than two human children. (laughs) But even... I know, I know. I'm not talking about... the the physics of the thing i'm no, talking I know, about I know, I know i'm sorry the I'm, I'm talking about the 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 editing and the way that that scene is put together yeah, yeah. and and the suspense that it it builds up upon itself and it's beautiful yeah so she's also an action hero which is very yeah so she she goes and does the cool badass stuff and then there's some dinosaurs and she beats them up and runs away and yeah so arguments for all the houses arguments for all the houses i like hufflepuff personally and you like it because, and you do think it is the strongest case for her. I don't know. <laughs> you just want to put her there because you want to. Maybe. Because you're a, you're a Hufflepuff and you want her to be in the same house as you because you like her. Maybe. <laughs> um, there are worse got, reasons. She's got like determination, and I think determination is on our list under both Slytherin and Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's determination for like doing the right thing. Yeah, I'll give you Hufflepuff. I just wanted to make sure we considered yeah. all the options. So like. Kind of like a cross between Gryffindor and Slytherin. And I think Hufflepuff is that middle ground in this case. <laughs> okay. Also Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> She's four-way hat stall, whatever. Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> it's going to be tricky to put the sorting hat on him because he hates wearing clothes. <laughs> He's fully clothed most of the movie. <laughs> I know. Like. <laughs> yeah, but not in the most iconic moment. Yeah. So, I have I have a, um, a figurine, a collectible figurine <laughs> of Dr. Ian Malcolm's character from Jurassic Park. He lives on my shelf. He's married to my Dracula figurine. Um, while we were gone in the UK for a little bit, my mom rearranged our room. And when I came back, there's like this weird little shrine <laughs> to him and Dracula. <laughs> They have, like, a little shelf that's, like, their little house slash shrine, and there's, like, pictures of Jeff Goldblum in it. <laughs> and I just, it's still there. It's just like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've never questioned it. You've just, you just let it be. It's over there. Saying I've never questioned it is not fair. It's their house. They live together. Uh-huh. They're husbands. Anyway, I'm going to talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> Tell me about Dr. Ian Grant. Dr. Uh, Dr. Ian Grant and Dr. Ian Malcolm. (laughs) They're husbands, too. (laughs) I mean, he would. Grant wouldn't. No, he wouldn't marry anyone. Is he he ace? Maybe. You can make an argument that Grant's an uh, ace character. For sure. I'm into that. My one true love is dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm is Jeff Goldblum. Before Jeff Goldblum was Jeff Goldblum, Mm -hmm. this was like his breakout Jeff Goldblum. Was it? I haven't seen The Fly, but I think that might have been it. When did that come out? Like, late 80s? Yeah. So, fine. He was also big in that. But I think more people talk about Jurassic Park today than they do about 1986's The Fly. Fair enough. They talk about The Fly as a concept and, like, the book. Yeah. This film has vastly surpassed the book. Yeah. It's because the book is not as fun. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like... this, The things that the, the movie changes from the book are mostly, like, really good changes. Mm. So, he does maths. He's a mathematician. He's a big old fucking nerd. He's a chaos-tician, mm. is how he describes himself. Which is why in the second film, he's the one who goes to fight the dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't... 
They're like, we want someone who's been on the island before or something. I don't remember the plot of the second one. So we're going to get the least qualified candidate of the potential candidates. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. But your girlfriend is there. Yeah. And she wants to study the dinosaurs, so go protect her. Bring your teenage daughter along. What are the fucking odds Well, that his girlfriend would be there? Hammond invited her so that he could get Ian there. Yeah. Why again? I don't remember why is the thing. <laughs> I don't either. I don't that even... movie's not very good. Yeah. It's because they took out all the people who have a clue what's going on. Yeah. Like, Ian, Ian Malcolm is not a leading man. No. He's a great character. He's just not the one... He's, yeah. He's not the one to lead a dinosaur mission. He's the one to lead a maths problem. All I remember for that movie is the T-Rexes pushing the trailer off the edge because they stole their baby, and then the T-Rex ends up in San Francisco. Hmm. That's it. Pro tip, don't steal a T-Rex's baby. Right? You know, you would think that people would have learned from that, but they do it again in the third one. Yeah. Not a T-Rex baby, but they steal raptor eggs, which is worse. I mean, there's a reason they've made six of these things, is because humans literally never learn. And to be fair, the movies aren't wrong about that. <laughs> they gotta keep making them until we learn our lesson. I mean, people are trying to do that in real life now. They're like, we can maybe clone a dinosaur. It's like, why would Don't. you? Don't! Why would you? <laughs> Get a gecko! <laughs> Just get a fucking gecko. Here is an entire series of movies and uh, some books that are why you should not do that. And they're not the only ones. No. Everyone knows you shouldn't bring dinosaurs back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ian Malcolm's probably a Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is very sure of himself. He thinks he's hot shit. Uh, it's, he's he not might. Wrong. He's, he's he is hot shit. Um, he's been married a bunch, and he's is openly flirtatious with any potential. Love interest. Fuck buddies. Yeah. Only the women because it was 1993. Yeah, unfortunately. I I hope they bet in the new, in the new one he should be flirting with everyone because Jeff Goldblum has never met a person he hasn't flirted with. Yeah, like he. I don't think Jeff Goldblum is like is is openly like like bi or anything. Like I don't think he, he's come forward as that. Not to my knowledge. I know he's happily married. Yeah, he's just like that. Yeah, he's just comfortable. So, Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> Sorry, just, like, he's voiced a couple of video games, mostly Jurassic Park ones, mm-hmm. an Independence Day game in the 90s, a Call of Duty game, but his first video game role was in Goosebumps Escape from Horrorland, where he voiced Count Dracula. Excellent. <laughs> oh, what a Dracula that must be. Yeah, it's uh, the, the child of your two toys. <gasps> I didn't even make that immediate connection. What? <laughs> what? Do you want to find Goosebumps video game from 1996 later? They have so much in common. That's why they're married. <laughs> um, Slytherin, you think? What else is this? He's do? not. He's far from the bravest of the group. Like he's yes. just saying he doesn't want to get involved in the second one. He's only doing no. it because his girlfriend's there. And yeah, he's very much. Um, this is a bad idea. Yeah. I'm right. You're wrong. Your scientists never stopped. Uh, your scientists are so preoccupied with whether, whether they could, they never stopped to ask whether they should. Yeah. That's the line he says. That's the line he says. There's just a lot of that. Oh, that's one of the lines. And then the other one is, uh, life, uh, finds a way. <laughs> He's very smart and he needs everyone to know it, which is... Ravenclaw. Yeah. <laughs> there's something about his attitude, though, that feels so Slytherin. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I mean, there's a very close overlap. Like, Slytherin and Ravenclaw are both good calls, and he probably just does lean a little bit more Slytherin. Yeah. Alex, who's up next? Uh, next up, we have Lex. Who's that? She's the, the girl. She's the girl kid. Uh, She's one of the kids. She's the girl. Granddaughter. Yeah. We made the, Our main characters list is based entirely on the first film, because that's the one we actually like. Yeah. I've seen that movie so many times. Like, I... If I closed my eyes and concentrated really hard, I could watch the whole movie in my head. Yeah. Like, scene for scene. Like, this kid and her brother are in 1.1 of the movies, but, you know, Chris Pratt's character gets into the lightning bolt round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, oh, they're so good. So, in the book, I think Lex was just, like, I'm a girl. In the book, their roles were pretty much reversed in the book, actually. Yeah. Like, she was the younger one. Yeah, she was younger, and she didn't really have any particular skills or talents. Yeah. Um, but for the movie, they, they swapped that, and they made her the, like, computer person. So yeah. She, she's good with computers. She's a hacker, self, self-declared self hacker. 
1993 and no yeah. one knows what that means no yet. one knows what that means um but it's a linux system and she knows this like she because of that she gets that like cool hero moment um she's very fairly reluctant she's not really excited about the dinosaurs she's kind yeah. of scared about them a little bit wary yeah uh she does sort of come around a little bit yeah she has but... to hold her hand out to the brachia bronto whatever yeah and it sneezes on her and it's gross but generally speaking, her whole experience here on this island is extremely traumatic. So well, no, yeah. I don't blame her for that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that should be true of every character. Right? Like, the the, the Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, I don't, I don't remember what it is. Long neck. Yeah. Um, the, that scene takes place, like, the morning after they are nearly eaten by T-Rexes. Like, it's a reasonable... <laughs> yeah. It's extremely reasonable to be, like... A, bit freaked out there yeah i wouldn't say she's particularly cool under pressure no she does get a little bit panicky like she's either ravenclaw or hufflepuff yeah she's not gryffindor she's not slytherin yeah i guess that was the point that i was making yeah i like ravenclaw i like hufflepuff i i think i want to lean more ravenclaw hmm. at least the movie version of this character well, like for sure like I, I don't know the book version i don't really either i read yeah. it once but it's been a long time yeah yeah, just, I don't know. She just seems like she is so preoccupied with, like, the whole time it seems like it's like, I'd rather be at home with my computer. I don't know. It feels so Ravenclaw. <laughs> hmm. And I love that her her particular hero moment is one based on knowledge and skill. Hacker voice, than, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Based on, like, any, any other kind of skills. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll give you a Ravenclaw. Nice. Next up is Tim Murphy. And he's a big old nerd. He is a big old nerd. He likes a dinosaur. He likes an Alan Grant. Yeah. He is specifically a dinosaur nerd. Like, he reads all of, like, he reads, like, the science books about dinosaurs. Yeah. Not just the fun, cool kid books. He reads the science books. He reads Alan Grant's papers on dinosaurs. Yeah. Like, he's actually a fan of Alan Grant before he is, the movie. Yes, yeah. Which is not a thing that happens to paleontologists. No. You don't just meet eight-year-olds who are like, I love your work. <laughs> And we'll talk to you about the specific, like, he, like, um, I don't know if he's talking about, like, one of his papers specifically, but he's like, hey, here's this thing that, like, some scientists are talking about, and here's all these different theories about, like, what killed the dinosaurs, like, what are your opinions on this, like, this guy is saying that it's probably this thing that happened, and this guy is saying that this thing is happening, he's just, like, like, clearly just, like, gushing word vomiting all of his special interests <laughs> yeah which is a little bit nuts because everyone knows what killed the dinosaurs Arnold Schwarzenegger told us mm. the ice age <laughs> anyway he's he's very excitable he's so stoked to be there even yeah. after being terrorized by the t-rex yeah. he's still pretty like this is a fun adventure while uh, while his sister is hacking on the computer he taps on a chair a lot it's like he, yeah. he could be doing something to help, but you know, just annoy the person who's saving he's you. That's just, fine. He's very excitable. I think he's very nervous and like that's scared. Too. Well, yeah, though that's that's kind of the same thing. Like just the high energy. Yeah, it's fine. He's he is the younger brother. Yeah, I get, yeah, which again, a nice, a fun twist from the book where he was the older one and like I did, did he just all of the did things. he yeah he just had both knowledge pools. They just split up his knowledge pool for the film. Yes, he was both the dinosaur expert and the hacker. So it's like. Well, why have two children then? Like, divide up your skills and expertise among your characters. Don't have people just be dead weight if we're supposed to actually like them. The dead weight characters are the ones you kill off. Most of them do die. I don't think does any does anyone apart from I think John Hammond dies in the book, but none of these other main characters die in the no, book. No, not the main characters, the dead weight characters. Oh sure, but but does Lex die in the book? No. Exactly, and she's a dead weight character in the book because she's yeah. not given anything to do. Fair enough. For no good reason. I'd have to reread it to, like, properly uh, yeah. give opinion on that. Maybe I will, but yeah. not right now. This is based primarily on me skimming Wikipedia. So. Yeah, we're talking about the movie. Yeah. Tim, I mean, he's a Ravenclaw, he's right? He's a Ravenclaw. He's just a big nerd. This is part... That's part of why I wanted to put his sister in Hufflepuff so they'd be different, but... <laughs> no, I actually... I kind of like them being in the same house. Like, I mean, fair they're... enough. They play siblings very well. Mm. Um... Like, like a lot of their their energy feels very like yeah you you could be related and and having them in the same house sort of exemplifies like yeah you're you're different but like you have such similar core interests sure or not interests but like values mm. yeah I I like grouping them together like yeah 
He's an eight-year-old that reads scientific journals. Yeah. You don't get more stereotypically Ravenclaw than that. Yeah. Uh, who's next? John Hammond. Richard, Richard, Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough, friggin' treasure, Santa. Yeah. The nicest grandpa. And, and yet, <laughs> arguably one of the villains of the film. Yes. But like a nice villain. A villain that you're you're kind of sympathetic for. Yeah. Like you're like you know what you were trying something. He yeah he was trying and he does genuinely care and he wants this to succeed but also he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He wanted to make a dinosaur theme park and he just didn't put in the proper level of care and work to make sure it was safe and secure. Yeah, he didn't think about it in from a variety of angles. But also he wants to see every dinosaur being born because he loves them so much. Yeah, like he cares about this stuff. Yeah. He just didn't think about it fully. He didn't think that maybe dinosaurs are dangerous. Yeah, he didn't think that maybe maybe you should get some, some experts in into the... Yeah. Setting up process as well as the signing off process. Yeah. You've got people who can, like, bring the dinosaurs back to who understand that aspect of the science. You've got people who, like, understand we put them in a big cage. Yeah. You didn't get people who know about the behaviors and interactions of dinosaurs or frogs. (laughs) Or frogs. Yeah, you should have had a frog scientist on board, man. Why are frog Like, the it's only frogs for the purpose of... Like the explaining the the gender change thing later in the film. Yeah. Why wouldn't they use? I mean, nowadays you'd use a bird. Yes. Why wouldn't they have used a reptile? Why wouldn't you use an alligator, yeah. a creature that is very similar because it hasn't evolved since prehistoric times? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. The reason is because you want them to change sex and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm sure there there is like an explanation for that in the book. Maybe. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure the explanation is just to, to make the yeah. plot happen. I know the book goes a bit more into the science of stuff. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, you just get Mr. DNA being like, Dino DNA! John Hammond is a Slytherin. Yes, absolutely. He is, like, he's not the pure evil Slytherin, but he is a business CEO who wants... He is a capitalist. Yeah, he wants to make a successful thing. He wants it to be fun. He wants it to make people happy and stuff. But but he he wants to make money. He also wants to sell it, yeah. Yeah. He's selling tickets to this place. Yeah. Although, to be fair, um, there's a discussion between him and the lawyer, and he's like, yeah, like, I no, I want this park to be open for everyone. Like, I don't want this to be an exclusive... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want this to be something that people can enjoy and experience. And the lawyer's like, yeah, I mean... We'll, we'll have discount days where it's only several hundred dollars for a ticket instead of several thousand, like, <laughs> because of the lawyers of money-grubbing. Mm. Well, I mean, to be fair, the, does the ticket involve your travel to the island? I don't know. Because if it does, fair. that's probably a pretty reasonable price. Yeah. Because you have to go there by helicopter. Yeah. Um, that's a little <laughs> unclear. But, yeah, he, he does, like... He is passionate about this thing. He wants to inspire people and feel people people with, like, wonder and awe and, and all that stuff. But, like, I think he's doing it because he wants that to be his legacy. Yeah. Also, just even if your goal is to, for the betterment of the world, creating a dinosaur theme park in the 90s is a pretty ambitious goal. Very ambitious. Extremely ambitious. He's a Slytherin, yeah. 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 Which means it's time. It's time. It's time for the lightning bolt round. Alex, tell me about Robert Muldoon. Muldoon! I was going to mention him a minute ago when you were talking about people that they did hire to, like, work with the dinosaurs and stuff. And Muldoon is one of the guys that they hire. But he is a big game hunter. Uh He hunts, like, lions and rhinos and stuff. Gross. Yeah. And so they bring him in to sort of keep the dinosaurs in check via force. So he considers the dinosaurs, like, the best prey in the world. And he takes them very seriously. He knows that they're smart. They've been testing the fences for weaknesses. Do not underestimate them. Clever girl. Yes, which is his downfall at the towards the end of the movie. Um, he does underestimate them, and he does die as a result. In like the traditional horror movie sense of things, hmm. um, every character who dies has like a reason that they die. Yeah, yeah. It's not just sort of arbitrary. Muldoon is that he was overconfident. Yeah, because then, then the raptor shows up and says, "I'm smarter than the average raptor." <laughs> the best part about doing a podcast is you can say whatever the fuck you want. You can't just say stuff. Give me anyway, a Hogwarts house and lightning bolt round. Uh, Muldoon is. A Slytherin. Yeah. Tell me about Donald Gennaro. Donald Gennaro is the lawyer. Yes. 
He's a lawyer. He wants money, and then he goes to the toilet and gets eaten on the toilet. He's a lawyer who's inherently Slytherin. He's so Slytherin, 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 Slytherin. Alex Henry Wu. I was just going to say, his death comes as a result of his own cowardice. Also, he's on the toilet, and it's funny. Yeah, he runs away from... He abandons the kids in the car. Dr. Henry Wu is, like, their head scientist, their head gene guy. He's in all the new ones. Yeah, he did he's only back. He's only in the first one of the original trilogy, but he's in all three of the new ones. He did come back for those, which I think is delightful. <laughs> is he the one that explains the frog stuff in the new one and the feathers? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're like, here's the scientist we know, we should give him the lion. Yeah, yeah. Which is fun in the later movies. I think he is, he's, in this first one, he feels very, like, genuine about, like, this is science. Like, I'm just doing this for the sake of, like, progress. But, like, in the later movies where it comes back, he's sort of warped a bit, and, like, yeah. he's the one that made the... Indominus Rex. Indominus Rex. I'm gonna say Ravenclaw? Yeah. Tell me about Ray Arnold. Ray Arnold is Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson in the Samuel L. Jackson way. Yeah! He's a... Security guy? Um, he's yeah, on the computer? Yeah, he's like the head of like their security system. Yeah, like but in the security room monitoring the situation and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because they're working on like a skeleton staff basically. Yeah. So most of it is done from computer. Why does he die? This one is a little bit more tricky because he is a character that you're rooting for who yeah. didn't technically do anything wrong. Yeah. His downfall is the same reason that someone dies in a movie because they got out of the car. Got it, because he's black. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Arnold is a fucking badass. He's a Gryffindor. Yeah, absolutely. Is he the first Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a super cool dude and like he, yeah. he shouldn't have died. He just got caught unawares basically. He's like the, the least one that you have like a yeah. reason. Alex, tell me about Dennis Nedry. Dennis Nedry is one of the primary antagonists of this movie. He is... Wayne Knight. Yeah. He's in... Uh, Come on and slam. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I was always trying to And get. welcome to the jam. He's in Space Jam. Oh, is that what he's in? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He plays uh, Wayne Knight. No, I think he has a name in He that. does. <laughs> in he that does. one. Um, in this movie, he's Dennis Nedry. He doesn't feel like he's being paid enough to do the job that he's doing. He basically built the security system, like the programming and stuff. So, yeah. like, he's a computer dude. And he is getting paid to steal dinosaur embryos and DNA and stuff for the sake of someone else. He dies because he's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he ha like, yeah, he's the most one to die. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy, he's a Slytherin. Yeah. Will you tell me about Mr. DNA? Mr. DNA is an animated DNA molecule and he says Alex's line that he, she likes. Dino DNA! <laughs> he's not a person or a character. He's barely worth putting on this list, but I did anyway because he's memorable. I like him. John Hammond, does John Hammond talk to him or just himself? Both. Okay, but he tells you what things are. Ravenclaw. Tell me about Dr. Sarah Harding. So now we are moving on to the second movie. The I'm... Lost World, Jurassic Park. Yes. Dr. Sarah Harding. Because Jurassic Park is the subtitle. It is. I always, <laughs> in my brain, it was always Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Yeah, that makes more sense, but that's not what they marked it as. It's like Ace Attorney. It is, isn't it? Because the first one is Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, but then Ace Attorney becomes the title. It's like the, that, but it's the yeah. second one. Anyway, yeah. Dr. Sarah Harding is Ian Malcolm's girlfriend at the time. She is like a scientist. I think she's like taking photos and stuff. Like she's doing, she's a biologist. She's studying the dinosaurs and like how the dinosaurs are living and functioning in, in this world now that they've been left to just sort of do their own thing. She goes to the island. He didn't want her to go to the island, but she went anyway. I think she's a Gryffindor. Cool. She's doing her own thing. Will you tell me about Kelly Curtis? I'll try. I think she's Ian Malcolm's daughter. Mm -hmm. She sneaks onto his plane helicopter to transport to island. Yeah, she's, she sneaks her way there. And um, then she's there, and she, I guess she's kind of substituting for the kids, even though she's, she's much older than the kids. Yeah. But she's, she's kind of in that role. She's very selfish assured like yeah. she is very confident and like knows what she's doing yeah. or at least feels like she knows what she's doing so like she shows up and she's like I wanted to spend time with you like so I came along she sneaks on board she's a Gryffindor much like Sam in Love Actually <laughs> she is inexplicably an incredible gymnast <laughs> And that comes up for the plot once. <laughs> Alex, tell me about Paul Kirby. Paul Kirby, now we're talking about the third installment of the Jurassic Park series. He's the dad. So the plot of that one is that a kid sort of gets lost on the second island because there was a second island with dinosaurs and his parents come kidnap Alan Grant and come to find him. Paul Kirby being the kid's dad. He's a Slytherin. Okay. Tell me about Amanda Kirby. She's the kid's mom. She's there and she lies Slytherin. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's also Slytherin. Alex, tell me about Billy Brennan. Billy's the guy who comes along with Dr. Grant. He's also a 
a dinosaur guy. I think he's the one who steals the raptor eggs. Oh, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot out to make money Slytherin. Apparently the third movie's just full of Slytherins. It's because they took out all the scientists and replaced them with people who just want dinosaurs. It's a more fun plot. <laughs> Is it? It's fun in, in not a very rewarding way. Tell me about Eric Kirby. Eric Kirby's the kid and he managed to survive on a dinosaur island through magic, I guess. No, he actually is smart. Sure. He's the he's the only one who's smart. I respect that. But also <laughs> he's a teenager, preteen, yeah. trapped on an island with dinosaurs for at least several days. A few weeks, I believe. A few weeks. That's uh, not just intelligent, that is magic. He knows about dinosaurs. He's also one of those kids who just knows a lot about dinosaurs. You're telling me he never got a cut or a scratch and didn't oh, bleed Oh, he it. did. He was pretty roughed up. And you're telling me the dinosaurs couldn't smell that? There is a scene in which he explains that if you drench yourself in T-Rex pee, no other dinosaurs will come near you. Sure, sure, and I respect that and all, but it's still magic. Mm-hmm. He can be intelligent and great and whatever, but it's still magic. I mean, Ravenclaw. Alex, tell me about Crispy Rat. Owen Grady. <laughs> is in the fourth installment of the movie. And the fifth and the sixth. And the fifth and the sixth. He's kind of an asshole. Well, yeah. I don't really remember his deal. He has like a bond with one of the velociraptors. Yeah, he's he was an animal trainer, I think. Yeah. And also a motorbike guy. And one of the raptors is called Blue because it's got some blue on it. I'm going to say Gryffindor. Okay. Tell me about Claire Deering. Claire Deering is in charge of Jurassic World, the new theme park in the future. Mm-hmm. And she's the fucking worst. She hates <laughs> everyone around her, especially her family absolutely ignores all the safety precautions and like doesn't evacuate the island until way later than she obviously should have because she would lose money. She's the Slytherin-iest of Slytherins. Yeah, everyone in those movies are just the worst. Alex, tell me about T-Rex. I think she has a name but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Hmm. Uh, but she's a fucking badass. Sure. I love her. Okay. Is it in the fourth one where like a T-Rex and another dinosaur are like fighting the each Indominus other? The Indominus Rex. Yeah, right, right, right. And you're like rooting for the T-Rex. Yeah, the T-Rex is here to save you from the new big scary one. Yeah, Yeah. and you're like, yeah, hell yeah, T-Rex. Because of course you're rooting for the... You know what it is? It's Terminator 2, Mm. where they turn the Terminator into a good guy because you want to root for Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator because he's so fucking badass. That's what they did with the T-Rex. Yeah, and you uh, you love the T-Rex. The T-Rex is just doing T-Rex things. The T-Rex is trying to eat. She's trying to feed herself and her family. In the second one, she's got a family. She's got bad eyesight. Yeah, which isn't accurate. That's not how anyone's vision works, let alone predators. (laughs) What? Anyway, I think she's a Gryffindor. Okay. I think she's brave. Okay. Living her best life. And finally, JD, would you tell me about all of the other dinosaurs? Um, all of the other dinosaurs, they're basically big scaly dogs, so Hufflepuff. <laughs> they no thoughts head empty just being dinosaurs. <laughs> they're dinos. They're like pu- look at these look at these dinosaurs on the bed right here next to us. You're telling me the the Indominus Rex is a is a Hufflepuff. Are you telling me the Velociraptors in the first movie that terrorized those kids in that kitchen are Hufflepuffs? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And that's Jurassic Park Sorted. Which means that it is time for sorting it out. We have a very special sorting it out for you today. Yeah, today for sorting it out, we're sorting out Harry Potter and its impact in our own lives in relation to this podcast. And we are announcing that we are ending Sorted. It's been kind of a long time coming. Yeah. Gradually, as we have gone on and on with this show, we've been enjoying it less and less. Yeah. Like, our favorite parts of the show are when we just get off topic and are talking about not sorting characters. <laughs> yeah, and doing, just doing the April Fool's episodes. Yeah, like talking about anything except the premise of our show. Yeah. From my perspective, there are three major reasons why we're ending the show. Mm-hmm. The first one is the obvious, the author. Yes. Like, when it first first came to light how fucked up she is like we talked about it at the time and we made some changes like when we introduced sorting it out mm-hmm. we were enjoying what we still enjoyed about the series from outside of that without giving her any more money or whatever or promoting anything new that's happening but it's reached a point where like we feel less and less comfortable having any connection yeah. <laughs> it just it keeps getting worse and worse and there's more and more and I don't know how she finds more ways to continue being evil right but it's reasonable I don't feel comfortable telling people about this show anymore no. Like, I don't want to be associated with Harry Potter anymore. I yeah. don't... Like, it's not a Harry Potter podcast, but it is a Harry Potter podcast. It is. And it's... it's. I'm so tired and I just don't... <laughs> Yeah. I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what 
what are our other reasons? The second reason is the fact that I think, for the most part, we have pretty much reached, like, a natural conclusion point. We've talked about most things we'd want to talk about. The yeah. things we care about. The I'm characters. Sure running out. Like, we are struggling at this point to come up with topics for the there, show. There are many weeks where we're just like, what are we going to sort? Yeah. Like, nothing feels right. Nothing seems good. Yeah. So, it's, like... It's become a struggle, which, that's not fun. We've accomplished what we wanted to accomplish when we set out with the podcast in the first place. Mm-hmm. And the third reason, from my perspective, again, is the most positive one, I think. It's, it's a, it is a positive thing. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We want to do more things. Yeah. Like, between Sorted and Pokemakers, it takes up a lot of our time. Yeah. And that's fine. We've enjoyed doing that. But there are other things we want to do as well. And we're not only Pokemakers, because that's still like, Yeah, like, Pokemakers are still going. And there's still so much we want to do with that. Yeah. Like, I've got so many more ideas. The energy coming in to record an episode of Pokemakers versus an episode of Sorted. Like, I am so excited to do an episode of Pokemakers. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, here's some cool concepts. And the whole time we're recording, I'm so engaged and I'm so, like, hyped up. Yeah, it makes us happy doing it and we get ha- happy and excited to talk about it. We know that it makes people happy listening to it because we get a lot more feedback on yeah. that as well and like we get to engage in the community more like we do the fake one friday where like i tweet out a bunch of other fake one and share other people's work as well as our own and we just like we don't get any of that from sorted anymore like no diss to like our our listeners or anything like that's not what we're saying here the point is that like we don't want to be part of like harry potter community people don't want to engage as much anymore yeah and also like it's just sort of become like a chore yeah to record episodes (laughs) but again back on the positive point there are other things we want to do we have other ideas and other creative projects we want to work on and this will free up time to help us do that yeah and that's what i mean by saying like it's a chore so like when we're doing it it's like i would much rather be doing something else yeah other podcast ideas and Mm -hmm. other other kinds of Creative just projects. other projects that yeah. we just we want to do other we want to be doing something different yeah there will be some downtime after this show while we recoup and think through what we want to do next and all and just also take a bit of a break from this time slot but I mean even besides Pokemakers we will be back with something else new in the future I'm sure yeah. like we've got a lot of other ideas for things we want to do yeah so don't unfollow us on Twitter because we will be announcing new projects and we'll retweet it to that yeah Twitter, or you know so. just go to our other Twitters yeah or follow us on Pokemakers or our own Twitters or our Twitters yeah, I want to be clear. This is to throw no shade at other Harry Potter podcasts and other friends like that do Harry Potter related things. As long as you're not, you know, promoting or supporting yeah. what the author is up to. Like Fanatical Fix. Yeah, ten out of ten. Like my favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. I adore that podcast. The show isn't ending immediately. We've got what, like ten or so episodes left. Yeah, I haven't finalized the exact list yet. So I think next episode will give a definitive final episode date. But we are like we're we're wrapping it up. We're doing our final things. Yeah. Speaking of, if there's anything big you feel like we've missed. Yeah. Anything in particular that you want to, you want us to sort to add to our, our wrap up list. It might already be on the list. It might already be on the list, but like you can tweet at us at SortedPod or you can send us a message in the Pocket Podcast Network Discord. Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket (laughs) Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as Green Mountain Mysteries, Cult Classics, and our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Majakamo of the Wampum Willows who saw our theme song the House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet at us your favourite dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And we'll tell you what house it's in besides being Hufflepuff as part of the group. Yeah. Specific dinosaurs get specific sorting. Bye! Bye! <laughs> Start a new house and it's called Awesome. Start a new house. It's called Awesome. Start a new house and it's called Awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Daniel, game master of the actual play podcast, No Dice. Join magic assholes Ixon. There's a score between me and doors, and so far, doors are zero. Perry. They definitely have a lot of daggers happening. They're they're hiding in various spaces. Sayersha. I always love getting stories from adventurers. I, I really wish I could just have, you know, one of my own. And a whole host of guest players. You can find No Dice on the first Friday of every month on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or PocketPodcastNetwork.com.